Why didn't you check with me before you did this? Why is it that they didn't ask us before they went ahead and make the change? Have you ever experienced these types of responses? I bet you have. It's evidence that there's been a communication breakdown, and more importantly, an expectation breakdown. Hey, welcome to Communication on Point podcast. I'm your host, Dean Hefta, and today we're going to talk about some of the things that contribute to these moments where we realize we've had some miscommunication. This podcast is designed to bring insights and tools to you to help you increase your communication skills and the influence that you have on the people around you. Let's get started. I can't believe they didn't ask before they made the change. See, when we hear that or when we say that, we know that there's something up. There's been a breakdown, not just of communication, but of expectations. Today, I want to dive into ways that we can improve how we think about the expectations we have with the people around us and what we can do to better manage being able to avoid some of those situations that tend to pop up. So think about that. I I use the word expectation because it's very closely linked to miscommunication. We have those moments where if somebody says, I can't believe you didn't ask me before you made this change, think about what the expectations were in that moment. Those two people, maybe you and the other person, each had an expectation of who had maybe authority or decision-making power in that situation. The other person obviously thought that they had the expertise and the role and the responsibility to be the one that made the decision, and maybe you didn't realize that. When those moments happen, often we jump into wanting to blame the other person. You know, maybe I wasn't a part of a decision that I felt I should be a part of. And so my response is, how dare you? And I begin moving down this path, assigning blame, deciding what their intentions are, coming up with all kinds of stories about why they didn't ask me. I bet they didn't want the answer that I was going to give them. That's what it is. Or maybe they're up to something and they're in it for themselves and I shouldn't trust them. Right? I start telling myself these stories about what other people's motives were. That's a very dangerous path to begin moving down. Because the reality is, we don't know what people's motives are. We don't know what their intentions are. And too often, we begin assessing their decision-making, the phrases they use, the things that they've done, through the filter of our own perceptions. We tell ourselves, boy, if I'd have done that, I know what that would mean. If I was in their situation, I know what I'd be doing. That must be what they're up to as well. And so... When we don't get what we expected in a relationship or in somebody we're working with, we quickly can take that emotion, that negative emotion, and then turn it on the other person, attack them, blame them, criticize them, knock them down a notch. But we know what that gets. It gets resistance back. Think about the impact that has on a relationship. Think about the impact it has on our ability to influence people around us. Does me attacking somebody for their intentions or their 
lack of communication with me? Does that increase my influence with them? Does it increase the likelihood that they're going to reach out to me more quickly? It ends up doing just the opposite. And so the reality isn't to lecture somebody on how they should be different. It is stepping back and, interestingly, not looking at the people that are involved in this discussion, but the process. See, it's from the process that we establish our expectations. You think about what happens when somebody's having a heart attack and there's five people around, or maybe it's a large gathering There's a large group of people and somebody's having a heart attack. One of the things that we're instructed to do is immediately pick somebody out and direct them to call 911. What we're doing in that moment is we're being very clear on communication and we're establishing clarity of responsibility. So we're we're developing in real time, here's what you are going to do and here's what I am going to do. What doesn't work, it's proven over and over, what does not work is to say, somebody call 911. If there's 20 people in the room and someone says, somebody call 911, immediately, the assumption is somebody else will do it. Somebody else is going to do it and nobody does it. So we have to be very clear on expectations of behavior and what was needed in this moment and what I need. And so let's talk about this interaction. Maybe it's with a neighbor. Maybe it's with a business partner. Maybe it's with a new employee. Could be that we've been around a situation for 15 years. We know it inside and out. We know it so well that we have forgotten the things that we didn't know when we started. And that makes it harder for us to be real clear on what we need from other people. And we realize this is happening as soon as we hire somebody new, they come into the organization, they come into our group, And we realize there's some things done that I'm assuming people should be getting done, and they're not. In that moment, I have a choice. Do I say, you know what? We need to talk this through. I just realized there's some things that I've been taking for granted. And I realize that you're not a mind reader. You haven't had the experiences here that I've had. So I want to walk through some of the things that are going to be really important for us to work together as a team on. An interesting model around this It's called RACI. You may have heard it. It's been around a long time. It's an acronym, R-A-C-I. What it's doing is it's identifying the roles and responsibilities inside, let's say, a project. Maybe there's five people that are involved in some sort of project. And through the RACI model, it allows us to say, okay, who here has what responsibility? Who's responsible for this project? Maybe there's a project manager, somebody that's really taking care of the day-to-day, and and ultimately, they have to call the ball on the decisions on a regular basis. But they're probably reporting to somebody. You know, everybody has a boss. So they're reporting to somebody that ultimately has accountability for the project succeeding, even though they may not have the day-to-day type decision-making that has to happen. Okay, so you've got who's the ultimate person that's accountable, you know, where the buck stops. Then maybe in that project, you have one or two or a handful of people that have responsibilities to make that happen. Then that's not where it ends. You have somebody that needs to maybe be consulted because of their expertise. And so they could be inside the project. They could be a vendor or somebody that has expertise outside the project that we identify. When we're making decisions, we need to consult with this person. 
because they have expertise. That's going to help us make better decisions. And then the I is informed. See, some people are only going to be informed about things that, maybe it's a status report, things that have been done. And this is where it gets really interesting, is if early on, everybody that's involved doesn't understand what their role is in this, it makes communication much more challenging. So you think about that. Think about the times where maybe other people that were leading a project or in charge of something assumed that you only needed to be periodically informed as to how things are going. And then suddenly you find out about a change that's been made, a decisions that have been made, and you're irate. You're frustrated that they didn't consult with you on that decision. Think about it. This isn't that they're out to get you or that they're ignorant or irresponsible. It is we didn't establish at the beginning who's responsible, who needs to be consulted on decisions, and who simply should only be expected to be informed. A lot of energy can get wasted when people aren't clear in what their role is in the project. And so maybe you're informing somebody, giving a status report, and all of a sudden they begin moving into a role that is very much providing direction and guidance and decision making. And you're thinking, wait a minute, what, what, what's going on here? I, I'm happy to gather some input, but you, you can't be directing people on the project. That, that's going to really throw everything off. And so it goes back to the assumption. So what can we do about this? If we agree that a lot of the breakdown in the communication and in our relationships is because we really didn't have a good handle on how were we going to communicate? Who was responsible for what? And once we're confronted with not getting what we were expecting, even if that was subconscious, we get frustrated, we get angry, we get annoyed. What do we do about it? Well, it means that Early on, even if it's taking 10 minutes to get the people that are going to be involved in this together and talk about these different types of roles, let's talk about who ultimately is responsible for the budget. Who has the expertise? Maybe there's people we haven't even thought about. Who has expertise that we need to run the different decisions by in the process? And for each of us that have those expertise, what should we expect to be our role in that decision-making process? Is there a certain frequency of turnaround that we need to get information back? Do you, do you need responses within an hour? And if I give advice, does that mean that I'm making the decision or, or are they counting on me or am I simply adding my expertise and the decision might be very different than what I recommend? See, that's managing expectations. And for others, it's recognizing what does it mean to simply be informed? Well, does that mean weekly status reports? Does that mean a periodic email of how things are going? And helping them to dial in their expectation of there's going to be decisions that get made that you're not involved in, that they are done. See, we are a fast-moving organization. We're going to inform you of progress. And let's talk about what's going to be important for you and your role and what you need from us and how we can best do that in a way that doesn't slow the project down. See, that's the key, is recognizing that the there are different roles that we have when it comes to organizations, families, projects, you name it. 
And when we can get clear, even taking five or 10 minutes early on so that people know what to expect when it comes to who's making the decision and who's responsible and who can simply plan on being informed and what does that look like, suddenly we're not burning our energy trying to repair miscommunication and relationships after the fact. So take a moment and think about what are some situations that you find yourself in that you could encounter maybe in the next few days or next few weeks where you'd have an opportunity to have everybody just stop for a moment and say, let's talk about what each of us should expect of each other when it comes to decision-making and consulting and being informed. What does that look like? And negotiate that early before the emotions are high and then follow through so that people can stay on the same page. I hope there's some ideas here today that can help you improve the clarity and the communication and the connection that you can bring in whatever system you find yourself in. If you have thoughts or ideas, I love hearing from listeners. Give me an email. Drop me a line. My email address is dean, D-E-A-N, at clarisresults.com. I'm looking forward to our next chat next week. Make it a great one.